so anyway we had a very wonderful time thank you so much for coming this year part participation was less comparatively lesser mainly because in september during proper memorial festival many devotees came to the program in surat and anyway uh, the number doesn't really matter what really matters is the sincere involvement and another thing is when too many devotees come then accommodation becomes a big problem so this year we are little relaxed on that <laughs> and and prashad yeah i think uh, it looks like everybody liked the prashad uh, and these little boys and girls they were serving i have i noticed how enthusiastic they were in serving you all uh, and they were they were serving and they were cleaning the pots as well they were not cooking <laughs> but all the pots they were they were cleaning they were genuine genuine enthusiasm right yeah yeah genuine enthusiasm yeah so <clears throat> so we'll continue with the bhagavad gita as i mentioned yesterday the most important one of the most important aspect uh, of krishna's pastimes out of vrindavan lies in his speaking the bhagavad gita krishna's vrindavan pastimes of course is extremely important and very relevant krishna came to reveal his vrindavan pastimes but at the same time you know, to appreciate vrindavan pastimes we have to be quite advanced advanced in the sense we have to know who krishna is in truth mainly because in vrindavan krishna is not acting as the supreme personality of god that's why vrindavan pastimes is so uh, so uh, uh, difficult to understand and that's why vrindavan pastimes is kept as a secret other places krishna in vaikuntha krishna is the supreme personality of godhead so there is no difficulty in recognizing his position but the vrindavan pastimes because he is not acting as the supreme personality of godhead that's why krishna's vrindavan pastimes become so difficult to understand because in vrindavan krishna is just a cowherd boy krishna is just like any young boy he is growing up in vrindavan extremely naughty so the supreme personality of godhead is behaving in that way it becomes a little difficult and then he's so flirtatious <laughs> like he's Uh, fooling around with the uh, young girls like people cannot uh 
people won't be able to really appreciate those pastimes unless and until they are completely convinced that this personality is the supreme personality of godhead and the moralists find that these pastimes are not appropriate in one hand the lord is saying jajjad acharyati shrestas lokasta dono vartate the way the great man acts accordingly the others follow now if people begin to follow krishna's vrindavan pastimes then there'll be trouble that's why it is said that if you want to follow the activities of the lord if you want to act like the lord if you want to follow in a true sense according to his examples then follow lord ramchandra's pastimes not krishna's pastimes lord ramchandra is a perfect example of morality virtue but that's not the case with krishna krishna's attitude is because he is a lila purushottam his attitude is like well i couldn't care less what people think about me what i do is my own sweet will because i am the supreme personality of god in i can do whatever i want for my own pleasure so that's why vrindavan pastimes cannot be imitated actually nothing nothing can be imitated even lord ramchandra's pastimes cannot be imitated who can imitate lord ramchandra's pastimes like who will give up his uh, chaste and faithful wife just because somebody else is speaking something about expressing some doubt about her her purity her chastity i mean as a husband he knew and of what to speak of the supreme personality of godhead mr ramchandra banished her who can ever do that but he is setting the example how a leader must be how an ideal leader must be rupa gaura there are some seats vacant here you can come in the front you can come here here there are some seats in the here you can come sit in the front mataji is also there are some seats here if not we'll bring some more chairs that's how efficient our management is <laughs> so <clears throat> okay they're sitting on the floor hari <laughs> bol so but another way krishna's mathura leela and dwarka leela is very exciting because this is something that we can relate to also krishna is uh, you see in vrindavan krishna is killing all the demons in a in an amazing way just himself 
but here he is facing with the kings and you know getting into a battle and <laughs> so that is very exciting uh, we like to hear and we like to see war movies don't we <laughs> we like to hear about uh, and so chivalry the valor and the virarash the mellow of chivalry is very exciting like all the popular movies you can see what does it show uh, most of the popular movies like nowadays among the youngsters uh, the movies that are popular like superman is now obsolete yeah. <laughs> but uh, the latest one is antman <laughs> and so they show that the conflict between the hero and the villain and that uh, makes the adrenaline get excited <laughs> so so that's that's how krishna's vrindavan i mean krishna's vrindavan lila is romantic uh, more of it's romantic whereas krishna's dwarka lila is more uh, in chivalry battle of kurukshetra and but in inside all these the real gem of krishna's instructions is bhagavad gita So as I was mentioning yesterday Bhagavad Gita is taking us step by step to the ultimate point. First is karma yoga. Arjun didn't want to fight. But Krishna is inspire him to fight as karma yoga doing it for him. Yes. Uh, fight you and krishna's point is your kshatriya your business is to fight and your glory lies in your heroism and so you are a warrior and if you run away from the battlefield what's going to happen uh, everyone will uh, will blaspheme you to right you Uh, they will laugh at you and it will be such a blemish in your character kshatriya is so chivalrous so heroic that they would rather give their life but then then run away from the battlefield like as i was mentioning the other day pradumna became pradumna fainted mm. and when shalva attacked shalva's minister actually attacked him and struck him with the mess so heavy on his chest that pradumna uh, fainted so his charioteer just took him out of the battlefield according to the rules of battles that's fine uh, like when the warrior is unconscious or wounded the charioteer can take him out of the battlefield 
But as soon as Pradumna came back to his senses, he was furious. He started to chastise his chariot driver. Now why did you do that? It's, it's, it'll bring such infamy to my character. It would have been better that I died in the battlefield than run away from the battlefield. So that is the nature of a Kshatriya. Like when he goes to a battlefield, goes to the battlefield, he's, he knows. Uh, he may not come back, he may die. Because these, these wars are serious wars. Uh, kind of face to face, a fight. Uh, not hide in a bunker uh, and try to avoid the attacks of the enemy. Nowadays actually it's a very cowardice kind of a cowardly kind of warfare. In those days the generals would be right there in the battlefield, right in the front, guiding, directing. But nowadays what happens? Uh, the generals are never in the battlefield. From uh, behind they're uh, trying to control the scene. And the state president, uh, he is kept in the most safe situation. But those who the king would go right in the battlefield. Mm. So that's where we can see how heroic those society used to be and how cowardice, how cowardly today's society has become. A person who is situated in knowledge, he is not afraid to die. And Krishna pointed out to Arjun that in this battle, those who will die, they will go back to heaven. And those who will live, they will enjoy this earth. So there is no loss. If you win the battle, you will enjoy the earth. If you die in the battle, you will go back to the, go to heavenly planet. Actually, of course, there, not much information is given openly about the spiritual sky. The most of the time the goal is actually heavenly planet, because there is enjoyment. And in order to go to the heavenly planet, they are performing so many austerities. But the bottom line in Bhagavad Gita is uh, to surrender to Krishna. Just surrender unto Krishna. That is what Krishna is bringing us to. So in the sixth, uh, from one to six chapters are Karma Yoga. The supreme, the importance of Karma Yoga has been described. But then again at the end of the sixth chapter, what we are finding? Tapasibhya Odhika Yogi Gyanibhasya Matodhika Karmidbhashchadhiko yogi, tasmat yogi bhavarjana. Arjun, you become a yogi. Because the position of a yogi is the highest. It is far superior to austerity and penance. It is far superior to jnana or empiric knowledge. It is far superior to uh, fruitive work. 
So therefore you become a yogi. But then right after that, at the last verse of this chapter, Krishna is saying, Yoginam Apisarvesham. Of all the yogis, among all the yogis, Madgatenantaratmana Shraddhaban Bhajyate Jomam. One who is rendering devotional service with implicit faith. He is most intimately connected to me. So of all the yogis, who is the best devotee? So Krishna is actually imparting this knowledge in this way. That karma is not so important. But acting on behalf of karma is the real objective. So then Krishna <coughs> coming to the seventh chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Then we come to the seventh chapter of Bhagavad Gita. In the seventh chapter, the second verse, Krishna is telling Arjun, Gyanam teham sabigyanam idam baksham mashishataha jaj gyatva neha bhuya annaj gyatabham avasishyate Krishna is telling Gyanam te aham sa vigyanam I'll impart the knowledge I shall now declare unto you in full this knowledge both phenomenal and numinous this being known nothing further shall remain for you to know sa vigyanam gyanam and vigyanam in simple words knowledge and realized knowledge when it is theoretical it is knowledge. When it is practically assimilated, realized, then it is Vikyanam. So Krishna is saying that now I will give you, now I will impart the knowledge unto you, uh, the phenomenal and numinal, the theoretical knowledge and practical realization of that knowledge. And judge Gatva Neha Bhuya Annaj Gatabam Avashishate. When you understand that, then there won't be nothing else to learn, nothing else to know. So, what is that knowledge? That knowledge is the knowledge about himself, the knowledge about devotion to himself. Is there anything beyond Krishna? No. Therefore, when you get to know Krishna, we have known everything. Judge Gatva? No. Uh, I'm sorry. Jasmin Bigyate Sarvamevang Bigyatang Bhavati. Knowing him, everything becomes known. Uh, when you get to know Krishna, everything becomes known. Now, statements like this sometimes becomes quite bewildering. How is it possible? Just by knowing Krishna, everything becomes known. Now, in that respect, uh, uh, an example has been given. The example is that when the sun comes up, then don't you get to see everything? In the light of the sun, you see the sun. In the light of the sun, you see yourself. 
and in the light of the sun you see everybody else, everything else. So seeing Krishna, knowing Krishna is something like that. As if the sun came up and everything became clear. Whereas when the sun is not there, uh, in darkness, what is the, how do we see things? We need a lamp or a torchlight and with that light we have to see things. Uh, like a small little light, we are projecting here, we are seeing this, we are projecting there, we are seeing this. Uh, but when sun comes up, is there any need for that kind of endeavor? Hmm. When the sun comes up, then there is no need for any other light. Our endeavor to see things or know things in this material nature is something like that. Uh, seeing things with a small little lamp. But knowing Krishna, uh, receiving spiritual knowledge is something like that. Everything becomes manifest. But then Krishna is saying, Manushanam Sahasreshu Koshchit Jatati Siddhai, number three. Manushanam Sahasreshu, out of thousands and thousands of people, Koshchit, really one, Jatati Siddhaye aspires for Siddhi or spiritual perfection. Out of many thousands of men, one may endeavor for perfection and of those who have achieved perfection hardly one knows me in truth. Koshchin maang betti Really one knows me tattvata in truth. So, <clears throat> so that is how rare it is. Out of thousands and thousands of people, really one aspire for spiritual perfection. And those who have achieved perfection, really one gets to, I mean, out of them it is difficult to find the devotee of Krishna. Koti Shapi Mahamuni. O great sage, out of millions and millions of people, it's uh, Sudur Lava, uh, very rare to find a devotee of Krishna. Now the question is, I mean, is it true that we got it so easily? Uh, we got it so easily because Prabhupada made it available to us. This is extremely rare. This wealth of Krishna consciousness is extremely rare. But it's Prabhupada who actually made it so easily available for us. Had Prabhupada not have come, we wouldn't have been here. We wouldn't have been in Krishna consciousness. Uh, and we can consider, like, when if we did not meet Srila Prabhupada, uh, and if we wanted to make spiritual advancement or take to spiritual life, what we would have done? Before coming to Krishna Consciousness, did any one of you 
aspired for spiritual progress, spiritual life. None? Okay. But I can tell you, I was trying. But those days my understanding was, go to Himalaya, find a guru and he would show you everything and so forth. Fortunately, uh, I didn't find any guru. <laughs> That's Krishna's mercy. I met many uh, so-called sadhus, but for some reason, by Krishna's mercy, I did not surrender to any one of them. One person I was about to surrender to, but uh, she, she was a lady who was, her name was Ananda Mahima, she was very well known those days in India. I stayed in her ashram and I was ready like uh, kind of I thought of surrendering because I liked the atmosphere there was a sannasi who was very nice and so forth and uh, mother was very Anandamayama was very affectionate very kind but when he took me and with the idea to say that you know like uh, I was about to surrender <laughs> she didn't accept me <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> it was very nice actually. She actually, she told me, or rather told me and him also. And uh, his name was Sarupananda Swami. And he said that he doesn't belong here. She said, he doesn't belong here. And then she said, <laughs> well, anyway, I am saying it because I wrote it in the book that uh, is about to come out. Uh, in that book I, mention, I mentioned that incident, that's why I am, since I wrote it there, so I am also telling you. She actually told me at that time that but when he takes to this path, the whole world will come under his feet. <laughs> and in a way I can see that, that in, I'm traveling around everywhere. <laughs> so in a way the whole world has come under my feet. So she was the only one that I was kind of impressed and anyway, but as I said, like uh, fortunately I didn't surrender to anyone and generally what happens, like when you aspire for spiritual life, we tend to, we tend to think that, oh now I have to leave everything, go to the forest or go to the Himalayas and there I have to uh, practice this austerities and penances. But <clears throat> when you came to Krishna consciousness, we found a completely different way of making spiritual progress. Hmm. And what is the process? 
Sing and dance and eat. <laughs> and go to the spiritual world. We are, we are approaching towards the spiritual world just singing and dancing and eating. And if somebody asks today, do you know Krishna? What will be our answer? Uh, yes. We are not, at least we are not shy about admitting that. Yes, we know Krishna. Uh, whereas, even the ones, those who are spiritually accomplished, have achieved spiritual perfection, uh, for them it's rare to understand Krishna. Whereas we found it so easily, because there are two ways. One is trying to catch your ear like this. Huh? Other is like this. <laughs> so there is a difficult way and there is an easy way. So by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy we found the easy way. Otherwise this way was very difficult in normal condition. Uh, achieving Krishna, understanding Krishna was very, very difficult. Because it was kept as a secret. Because it was such a precious wealth that it was not offered to anybody. Just consider, if something is very valuable, uh, say consider, say the position of the Prime Minister of India. Uh, is that position easily achievable? is very difficult to achieve. Hmm. But if there is monarchy hmm, and one becomes the king of the sun, will it become difficult for him to become the, the, the king of the country, head of the country? Yeah, so that is the thing. All these people are aspiring the process whereby they are trying to become the Prime Minister of India through elections and political strife, political maneuvering. Whereas we are, uh, by birth we are the children of the king. <laughs> children of the king and so we have the natural right to the kingdom. We didn't have to do anything. We can just sing and dance and fool around. <laughs> but we, we have won the kingdom of God. Uh, that is the wonderful good fortune that we have. Yes, we are the children of the, not, not just the king. We are the children of king of kings. When we surrender to Krishna, we have become the kings, the children of the king of the kings. That's the difference between Christianity and Krishna Consciousness Movement. Christianity says that the king has only one son. And we are saying we all are his children. They can't figure out how so many can have this good fortune. But we know that we have the good fortune because we have a grandfather like Srila Prabhupada. He created this good fortune, linked us up to this most amazing process. 
And what do we have to do? Like, just consider normally what people do when they take to spiritual life. First of all, the thing they do is they leave him, they reject everything. Hmm. Then they go to a secluded place. And in that place there is nothing to eat, no place to sleep, uh, and hardship, uh, no shelter, nothing. Severe winter, uh, extremely uh, hot summer, torrents of rain in monsoon, uh, and uh, wind and uh, cyclones and so forth. Mm. How difficult that life is. Mm. It's not an easy life. Like even if when you, when you are just traveling around in search of spiritual path, you see the hardship that, they, that is there. <clears throat> Whereas, uh, the path that we have accepted, does it have anything like that? Uh, like no place to stay? Did it ever happen since we joined ISKCON? No food to eat? Rather you, you suffer from overeating. <laughs> Most of the devotees ISKCON face one problem, at least I can say that. <laughs> And apart from that, everything is so blissful. Like, go and talk to people about Krishna, people invite you. Wherever you go, like, people treat you like a king. Even I remember, and the Sankirtan devotees can, can also tell, confirm it. Now when you go out in Sankirtan or preaching in the villages, the village people make such wonderful arrangements. They don't have anything, but they, they treat you so nicely. Mm. Not that they don't have anything, they, whatever they have, they just offer it to you. Mm. All you need is a good cook. <laughs> the rest is theirs. Uh -huh they will provide. <clears throat> that experience I had once with six boys, I left Chandigarh and went on foot. I actually wanted to go to Kurukshetra, but we took a wrong turn and we ended up, we started to go towards north, whereas Kurukshetra was in south. And we started to move towards the Himalayas. And we started in the morning, we didn't take anything, nothing, no cooking utensils, nothing, we just started to walk. And <clears throat> we didn't also have any money. One person who was very close to us, he was, a, he was an engineer of Bhakranangal project, uh, who actually is the temple president of uh, of Chandigarh Temple, uh, Nanda Maharaj Prabhu. He gave us, I think, hundred rupees. So that's about all. And those, those hundred rupees was quite a lot of money. 
So that's about all we had with us. But we are not thinking of just buying food or doing things like that, staying in. Uh, so we started to walk. We stopped at a place. Just we are tired. Uh, we just sat down under a tree. And in no time, a whole lot of villagers came and surrounded us, started to inquire about who are who we are. And, and then in no time, they just brought uh, the uh, rice and uh, wheat flour and vegetables and, and they brought the, <coughs> they took us uh, to one place, a temple kind of a thing. And we just, you know, in the courtyard, in the next to the temple, they arranged the chula and things and we uh, cooked food and that's how we got the idea uh, what to do every day. So we used to start in the morning and then we would stop in a village, we'll look for a temple or something that would come on the way and in no time people will come and sit around us and the same thing would happen. And then in the evening we used to have a wonderful program. And then we went to the next, uh, next morning we just left. During that time I had a wonderful experience. This is actually the spiritual India. Mm. Like for sadhus there is no problem at all. Mm. You can just go and you can see. Like how, and they are so appreciative when you speak to them about Krishna. And Simple things also, you tell them, in the villages in Punjab, uh, most of the people drink. <laughs> and you tell them that, don't drink. And they appreciate it, they love it. <laughs> that somebody is telling them not to do something <laughs> that they shouldn't. <laughs> Here, one experience we had, I told you before also, so many of you know that. Once we came across a river to cross. And <clears throat> we didn't know how to cross the river, you know, there was no boat or anything there. So then uh, some people invited us. They had pitched a tent. Uh, so they, they saw us and one per or two, I think two persons came and invited, please come to where we are. And so we went there and we saw some very strong looking people. And I thought in Punjab everyone looks like that. <laughs> I didn't pay much heed to that and they were nice and, and they asked us to make all the arrangements and we spent a few hours uh, with them and towards the evening they gave us a donation also. And those days I used to wear a watch. I was walking like that, but I, was, I had a watch. And he told, look, you're a sadhu, why are you wearing a watch? That, the leader of that person. That was the only comment he actually made, otherwise he was just listening. And they all listened, we gave a class. And so then he, that leader of the group, he <clears throat> sent one person to take us to a place where there would be a ferry boat. So when we were walking with that person to the, uh, to the boat to cross the river, 
this person told me, do you know who we are? He said, we are Dakwets. <laughs> so I thought, and I found them to be such nice people. <laughs> I mean, at least to us, they were so respectful, you know. Like, and that's what I was saying, like, this is the spiritual India. Like, they're so kind towards sadhus. And anyway, so <clears throat> Manushanam Sahasreshu, out of thousands and thousands of people, really one, achieve perfection, those who aspire for perfection, and those who have achieved perfection, out of them it's rare to find a devotee of Krishna. And then the fourth fourth verse Krishna is telling who what is this material nature like and who we are. Krishna is actually in two verses Krishna is establishing the spiritual identity of a living entity. Previously also he has done that in a few verses in the second chapter. Do you remember those verses? The first one is Krishna told that there was never a time when you, I and these kings were not here. We had always been here. But then he pointed out that the body, the difference between the body and the soul. So body is not the self, the body is the covering. The soul is the self. So in this way, and then Krishna established the nature of the soul. But see how wonderfully Krishna is establishing the identity of the spirit, our actual identity, being spiritual, is that everyone is listening to the phone ringing. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so Krishna just pointed out that this material nature is made of eight elements. Bhumi, Bhumi means earth. Apo means water. Anala, fire. Vayu, air. Kham, ether. How many you got? Five. Then, Man, Buddhi and Ahankar. Mind, intelligence and false ego. How many you got? Very good. Eight. So Krishna is saying this material nature is made of these eight elements. But then Krishna is saying this material nature made of the composed of these eight elements is inferior nature of mind. But beyond that there is a superior nature of mind. The spiritual world. And the living entities, Jiva Bhutan are coming from that spiritual world. Hmm. See how wonderfully Krishna established. Where did you come from? Do you belong to this material nature? Huh? We belong to, we came from Krishna's superior energy. Hmm. 
inferior energy is this material nature beyond that there is a superior energy and the living entities jiva bhutang are coming from the superior spiritual energy so what's your identity where did you come from can i hear okay very good coming from the spiritual world and then krishna is saying jajedang dharjate jagat <clears throat> these living entities are sustaining this material nature jajedang dharjate jagat hmm. <clears throat> so do you belong to the material nature where do you belong to and do you want to stay here no. then where do you want to go where do you want to go there because that's your home now as long as you are here as long as you are here what are you going to do huh tell everybody about that world where they came from right how many of you are going to do that Larenne you have become thoughtful wondering whether uh, what to say huh so are you going to tell your friends about another world right huh what will you tell them come here Okay, you can take this. Oh, oh no, there. We might have done okay. <laughs> so tell. <laughs> what will you tell your friends, and whoever you see, whoever you meet, even to your dad's friends and mom's friends? Yeah. How? Okay. Very good. Thank you. Just by surrendering to Krishna, you can go back to Goloka. Yeah? Huh? You surrender to Krishna, and Krishna will send the vehicles. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Hi, Krishna. Come here. Hi, Krishna. Now in spite of hearing all these some people do not take to Krishna who are they those who are the miscreants duskritina namang duskritina mudha propadante naradhama mayaya aparhita gyana maasurim bhava maasrita who are the duskritina they fall in four categories what are the four categories mudha mudha means idiots <laughs> stupido <laughs> and namang duskritina mudha naradhama naradhama what is the nara means human beings and adhama means uh, below human beings 
Who are the below human beings? Animals. So those who have the body of a human being, but the mentality of an animal, they don't accept Krishna. Those who are stupid, we can understand. They're stupid, that's why they can't. <laughs> but these people are Naradhama, they're, uh, they're subhuman creatures. But those who have a uh, body of a man and the head of an animal. <laughs> of course, not Nishingadev. <laughs> the mentality of an animal. <clears throat> I remember, and people get this idea also, long back, I mean, before I, naturally, before I became, long before I became even a devotee, I remember one short story by Defon du Maurier. How many of you know of her? An English author. In England, they pronounce as Daphne de Maurier. <laughs> anyway, uh, so she has something happened to her, and when she looked at the mirror, she saw that she got the head of a rabbit. And then, you know, she was very distressed, and finally, she got rid of that. But then, what happened? is that she started to everybody with animals' heads or birds' heads, something like that. Now what she was actually trying to say that these are these people are human bodies, but they are uh, the mentality is like that of an animal, not quite human beings. <clears throat> so Naradhama uh, and then Mayaya Aparhito Gana whose knowledge has been stolen by Maya. Mayaya Aparhita Gana. And Ashuring Bhava Masrita. Those who are uh, those who are demoniac. So these are the four types of people, those who are Duskritina. And then there are four types who are also devotees, uh, Sukritina. Uh, who are they? Uh, that was, uh, I didn't add here. That is, Chaturvidha Bhajante Maam. The four types of people, they worship me. Chaturvidha Bhajante Maam. Jana Sukritina Arjuna. They are Sukritina. These are Duskritina and they are Sukritina. And who are those? Artha, Artharthi, Yigyasu and Gyani. What is the symptom of a Duskritina? They do not want to accept Krishna. What is the symptom of a Sukritina? Those who surrender to Krishna, those who accept Krishna. There are also four types. Who? Artha, those who are in distress. Artharthi, in need of money. Jigyasu, inquisitive, gyani, situated in knowledge. So then we are in this way, 
in the seventh chapter, uh, Krishna made all these very, very important, gave all these instructions. Uh, there are many other verses, I just selected a few. Now, <coughs> we are going to chapter 9. What is the specialty of chapter 9? Uh, in chapter 9, Krishna is giving the king of knowledge. Uh, king of knowledge. So, you see, now you can want, as I told you yesterday, where do you keep the most precious object? In the middle. Now, out of 18 chapters, six middle chapters are most important in Bhagavad Gita. Those chapters are 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th. Now which was the middle one? Chapter 9. So that is why we can, that's how we can see this is the most important aspect of uh, Bhagavad Gita. Chapter 9, chapter 10. So chapter 9 has been described as Rajavidya. Raja Vidya, Raja Guijham, Pavitram, Idam Uttamam, Prabhakshami, Prabhakshaba Gamam, Dharmam, Susukham Kartumabhayam. So Raja Vidya, this king of knowledge, is also the most, intimate, most profound secret. Raja Guijham. Pavitram, it's also Pavitram. Pavitram means, Pavitram means auspicious. And Idam Uttamam, and it's very, very exalted, most of exalted knowledge. Pratyaksha Abhogamam Dharmam, of the self-realization, and because it gives direct perception of self-realization. And at the same time, susukham, susukham, sukham means happy, joyful. It is executed very happily. Susukham kartum abhayam, and it is joyfully performed. This knowledge is the king of education, the most secret of all secrets. It is the purest knowledge. And because it gives direct perception of the self by realization, <coughs> it is the perfection of religion. It is everlasting and it is joyfully performed. <coughs> then Krishna is saying that in my manifested form, this entire universe is pervaded. All beings are in me, but I am not in them. Maya tata midam sarvam, this is huh, like Krishna's mystic opulence, as he himself is admitting. Maya tata midam sarvam, jagadabhyakta murtina, matsthani sarvabhutani, na chaham teshu avasthitaham. By me, in my unmanifested form, this entire universe is pervaded. 
All beings are in me, but I am not in them. All beings are in me, but I am not in them. But then next verse he is saying, and yet everything that is created does not rest in me. Everything that is created doesn't rest in me. Behold my mystic opulence. Although I am the maintainer of all living entities and although I am everywhere, I am not a part of this cosmic manifestation for myself is the very source of creation. <clears throat> the point here is Krishna created this material nature, Krishna manifested this material nature but Krishna is not involved in this nature. Nacha matsthani bhutani pashrame yogamaisharam Generally when somebody builds something or creates something, he gets involved in that. But Krishna's nature, although he created, he is not attached. Because this is Krishna's inferior nature. Then Krishna is saying, Abhajananti Mang Mudha. Again, Mudha. What's the meaning of the word Mudha? Huh? Anyway, yeah, I'm sure you remember that. Abhajananti Mang Mudha. Abhajananti means deride. Uh, deride. Fools deride me when I descend in the human form. Fools deride me when I descend in human form. They do not know my transcendental nature as the Supreme Lord of all that be. Then Krishna is pointing out who is a Mahatma. Mahatmanas to Mang Partha Daiving Prakriti Mahashita Bhajanti Ananda Manaso Gyatva Bhutadim Abhayam Mahatmanas to Mang Partha Who is a Mahatma? What is the meaning of the word Mahatma? Huh? Mahatma. Maha means great. Atma means soul. The great soul. The great spiritual personality actually. Who is a true great spiritual personality? And those who are making politics. Often we give them the title Mahatma. Like Mahatma Gandhi. And nothing to do with spiritual life. But he is identified as Mahatma. But here Prabhupada is pointing out uh, who is a Mahatma? Mahatmanas to Mang Partha who has taken shelter of my Daivi Prakriti, divine nature. Uh, not trying to make India free. Uh, that is not the symptom of a Mahatma. Uh, material nature not so important. What really matters is the spiritual reality. And we can see, uh, like he freed India, British left, 
but british left but they didn't lose control over india india was still under their domination and then uh, instead of creating ram rajya we can see how this country has become ravan rajya uh, ravana's kingdom so what's the point in that uh, messed up the whole scene actually many many people may not like this statement but proper once mentioned that india was better off when the british was ruling india murli krishna is shaking his head he knows that because he also knows uh, that south africa was better off when the whites were ruling the country if they can manage the country let them rule it uh, what's the big deal for all these years india has ruled over the whole world and now that kali yuga came everything turns upside down then other rulers are coming and ruling over the country what's the big deal it's all temporary when we die will it matter who is the president of india or prime minister of india <laughs> will you care what the value was the share market is like will you care what the value of indian currency is no uh, but when you die what really will matter where we are going to go <laughs> so prepare for your next destination that's what that's what really matters don't be too caught up here okay try as prabhupada also say try to make the best out of a bad bargain our situation in this material nature is a bad bargain so what we can do is try to make a best of it and how to make it make the best of it by becoming krishna conscious and by spreading krishna consciousness so who is a mahatma who has taken of krishna's daivi prakriti the meaning who has taken shelter of krishna spiritual and spiritual nature who has taken to spiritual life and bhajanti ananna manasa <clears throat> they are fully engaged in devotional service because they know me as the supreme personality of godhead original and inexhaustible so who is the mahatma in this on this verse proper gave a very nice lecture one day uh, proper was saying uh, like who are recognized as mahatma proper didn't speak major gandhi but proper spoke about so called some spiritual leaders especially in bengal he is actually atheist but he is taken as a mahatma he is saying where you are worshiping the lord in the temple Don't you see that so many gods are roaming around in front of you? <laughs> Those who love human beings, he is actually serving God. Jibe prem kore jai jan shai jan shabichi ishar, and that person is considered to be big mahatma still now. He is actually an atheist. he didn't accept krishna like uh, his thing was you know 
Why become a devotee? Why sing the glory of the Lord? It's better to uh, cultivate uh, eggplants in the field and play football. Then you'll have strong body and some food to eat. But serving God, what will you get? You can see that he is a Duratma, he is not a Mahatma. But people are thinking these are the Mahatma. Why? Uh, remember the Pondraka story? Uh, Pondraka, who thought he was God. Why? Because some of his stupid followers promoted him. Oh, you are God. Uh, and he started to think, yes, I am God. Although Krishna was present on the planet at that time. So we have to recognize who is the real Mahatma. Real Mahatmas are those who have taken shelter of Krishna's divine energy, the spiritual spiritual energy, and those who are engaged in in rendering devotional service to Krishna. So then I'll go to how to render service to Krishna. Krishna is saying bhajante bhajanti ananda manasu one who renders service unto me with an unflinching faith ananda manasu undeviating attention. Who is that? How does he do that? Patram pushpam phalam toyam yome bhakta prajachati with devotion, if one offers me some fruits, some flowers, some leaves, and some water, I accept it. But what is the important factor here? Bhakti. Jome bhakta prajachati. Then Krishna is saying, uh, and whatever you do, you, yesterday also we considered, can one stay without acting, without being active? So we have to act. But whatever you do, do it for Krishna. Whatever you eat, eat for Krishna. Whatever austerities you perform, perform it for Krishna's pleasure. And Whatever you give in charity, give it to Krishna. So this is how Krishna is reminding us how to render service unto Him. And then Krishna is instructing us what to do with our mind. Manmana bhavo matbhakta majjaji manamashkuru Manmana bhava. With your mind you think of me. Manmana bhava. Mad bhakta. Become my devotee. Mad jaji. Mad jaji. Worship me. And Mama Evaishashi. Mang namashkuru. And offer obeisances unto me. Manmana bhava. Mad bhakta. Majjaji Mang Namaskuru. Mame Vaishashi Shattam Te. Mame Vaishashi Yukte Vang. 
Being engaged in this way, you'll positively, you'll surely come to me. So this is the assurance that Krishna is giving. So here we can see how easy it is to win Krishna's favor. We simply have to act on his behalf. Whatever we eat, we accept it, must accept it as his prasad. And <clears throat> we should uh, and think about, I'm sorry, uh, think about me, man mana bhava mad bhakta, become my devotee, think about me, become my devotee, worship me and offer obeisances to me. Okay, so now we are going to the tenth chapter. So the tenth chapter is displaying Krishna's opulence. It's called Bibhuti Yoga. So Bibhutim, Bibhutim means opulence and mystic power. Etang vibhutiṃ yogam ca mamaṁ mam javetti tattvataḥ so abhikalpena yogena jujjate natra samsayaḥ One who is factually convinced of this opulence and mystic power of mind engages in unalloyed devotional service. Of this there is no doubt. Then these four verses from the 10th chapter are considered to be the summary essence or the essence of Bhagavad Gita. Uh, these four verses goes like Ahang Sarvasya Prabhavo Matta Sarvang Pravartate Iti Matva Bhajante Maang Buddha Bhava Samanita. I am the source of all spiritual and material worlds. Everything emanates from me. The wise who perfectly know this engage in my devotional service and worship me with all their hearts. So, Aham Sarvasya Prabhavo Matta Sarva Sarvasya, everything emanates from me and everything is also resting in me. Matta sarvam pravartati. And iti matva, knowing this, bhajante maam, when one becomes engaged in rendering service to Krishna, bhajante maam, he is buddha bhava samanita. He is situated in proper intelligence. The wise, uh, Prabhupada used the expression wise here, Buddha Bhavasmanita. Then Machitta Madgata Prana, Machitta Madgata Prana, Bodhayanta Parasparam, Kathayantascha Magnittam, Tushanticha, Ramanticha. The thoughts of my pure devotees dwell in me 
Their lives are fully devoted to my service and they derive great satisfaction and bliss from always enlightening one another, one another and conversing about me. So, <clears throat> how does a pure devotee act? What is the nature of a pure devotee? Kathayantashchamanditam They always talk about me, my instructions and my glory. And by doing that, Dushan teacher, they feel great delight within their hearts. They feel great satisfaction and they, they experience transcendental bliss. Then next verse is Tesham Satata Yuktanam Bhajatang Priti Purbakam Dadami Buddhi Tam Yena Mamupajantite. To those who are constantly devoted to serving me with love, I give the understanding by which they can come to me. <coughs> so, those who are constantly devoted to serving Krishna with love, Krishna bestows, Krishna gives them uh, the understanding by which they can come to me. Kritesham evanu tesham evanu kampartham aham agyana jantamu nasayami atma bhavastho gyana deepena bhashyatha to show them special mercy, I dwell in their hearts, destroy with the shining lamp of knowledge the darkness born of ignorance. Uh, so this is how Krishna removes the ignorance from the heart of his devotees and as he mentioned here that he destroys with the shining lamp of knowledge. With the shining lamp of knowledge, he destroys uh, the darkness born of ignorance. Okay, so I'll just leave it at that today. And so what are you all doing, going to do? Will you read Bhagavad Gita regularly, uh, attentively? Seriously, who are going to do that? Very good. Thank you. Did you raise your hands? Huh? I didn't see it. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Hare Krishna. So, I don't know, maybe for 10-15 minutes we can have some question-answer sessions. Who has a question? Okay, give him the mic.
What does it mean? What? Not anyone can. Rarely anyone. Okay. Do you know Krishna? How do you know Krishna? What is your understanding of Krishna? Huh? Okay. Huh. So, and what is your relationship with him? Okay. So this is the way of knowing Krishna in truth. But those those people, those who have achieved perfection, most of them don't even know that Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead, and their business is to become a devotee of Krishna. Got the point? That they have perfection, there are different other types of perfection. Uh, their perfection is to merge into Brahma Jyoti. So they merged into Brahma Jyoti, but they don't understand that Krishna is the source of Brahma Jyoti. Okay. <laughs> so there is a very important question from Pranaya. So Pranaya is writing, Guru Maharaj, when you said that you cannot imitate Krishna, but uh, but act less, at least actress. Actress. actress, but actress try to copy Krishna, his pastime. Can they actually imitate Krishna's pastime? Well. In the movies they can do it. <laughs> Those who are uh, playing the role of Krishna, they can do it. But acting means... You see, in the movie, by the arrangement of camera, they can show Krishna is lifting Govardhan Hill. But can anybody lift Govardhan Hill? No. At least I can't. <laughs> That's why I say that I can't imitate Krishna. Mm. Alright? Thank you very much for this beautiful question you asked. <coughs> Mukunda Murari. Okay. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, kindly accept my humble obeisances. Dust of your lotus feet. Could you tell us more about your association with Ananda Mahima and at what point you left her? I already told you. Told you. <laughs> you see, when I came back to India, I was searching for a guru. And so I landed in Delhi. I actually traveled overland. Came to Afghanistan, Kabul. And from Kabul, I took a flight. And But then, from there I went straight to Haridwar, then to Rishikesh. And in this way I kept on traveling uh, 
in the Himalayas, thinking, those days I used to think that uh, if I want to search for a guru, then I have to go to the Himalayas. That is the place where all the gurus are. <laughs> At least all those sadhus uh, generally hang out there. And then, when I was uh, at one point, I got so disappointed from the situation in, you know, like those days, seeing, you know, that I couldn't really accept anybody. Then I stayed in one of Ananda Mahima's ashram on the bank of the Ganges. Then there I met one sannyasi who was Anandamayama's disciple. He was actually one of the leading disciples of Anandamayama. And he became very fond of me. So he invited me to go to Benares with him, where Anandamayama was. So she had an ashram there. So I was there. That's where I actually met her. Why? Do you know her? Did you know her? You heard of her. Next question to Stapma Krishna Das. Where is to start? Okay. <coughs> Guru Maharaj, I have a few questions. One, two, three, four, <laughs> five. Okay. If a ghost cannot able to do, eat anything without gross body, how can he take prasad offering as pinda? Uh, good question, Tushtatma Krishna. Because the pinda is not eaten by uh, the subtle body. Pinda is eaten by the spirit soul. God's mercy, by accepting that, because you see, he has the hunger and something is offered to him, then he can approach that. But when he gets the Krishna Prashad, then he becomes free from his subtle body and gets his spiritual body. Okay? Number two, what is the difference between Ashtanga Yoga and Yoga given by in Bhagavad Gita by Patanjali? No. Patanjali gave Ashtanga Yoga, but Bhagavad Gita is giving Bhakti Yoga. Okay? Uh, okay, and then the one, another question. Already have five questions and one question without a number. Regarding chanting, where it should be done very sincerely. Where it should be done very sincerely, wherever you can uh, make your mind steady and attentively listen to the holy name, that is where you chant the holy name. Next, number three, I have seen some devotees chant on, on bite, Oh, beads. Yeah. What's the spelling of beads? It's B-E-A-D, not B-I-T-E. 
बाइट में विदाउट विदाउट चैन चैंटिंग बैग इवेन ऑन इनिशिएटेड बाइट इज इट राइट अकॉर्डिंग टू स्क्रिप्चर नो वन शुड चैंट I mean, if unless un, unless and until one is working outside and he can't use his big bag, then there he can use the clicker. But otherwise, one should try to chant in beats. Next question for: If any superior comes, like Guru Maharaj, somebody offering obeisances with chanting bag during chanting, or keep chanting bag. indicated where it is finished and after that they start chanting from the indicating point is it right way yes you can do that uh, if you stop chanting at some point you can keep the mark and continue from chanting from there next question somebody do another service like chanting should chanting be done in this way was there somebody do another service with chanting should chanting be done in this way i didn't understand the question anyway i answered quite a few of your question <laughs> jagat jeevan das Okay, don't take any more question. This is do you need? Do you know? Question: What lesson people in general should derive from Lord Ram banished Mother Sita's pastime? They should just cry, uh, thinking that only Ramchandra can behave like that. Hari Krishna this one is from Oh V Ramchandran Prayers to Guru Maharaj okay pranams to Guru Maharaj regarding yesterday's lecture i have the following query in vedic life uh creation creme cremation of the body is required why sannyasis are buried because sannyasis get into samadhi they are not it's understood that they don't really die as such so they therefore their bodies are kept preserved hmm. because at that stage there it's considered that they have gone to samadhi Rama Mohan Das A question is how can one follow footsteps of Lord Ramchandra who is going to join as full time devotee against his parents desire okay 
But Lord Ramchandra always followed order of his parents. Well, you see, Ramchandra was following the order of his parents, I mean, yeah, order of his parents, because he was establishing the proper principle. And the proper principle is to surrender unto Krishna, surrender unto Ramchandra, surrender unto him. So, when it comes to surrendering to Krishna, surrendering to Ramchandra, then if, and if the parents are causing obstructions, then you can disregard the parents. But don't tell your parents that I told you. <laughs> Dharmatma Krishna, <clears throat> if someone's mentality is like that of an animal, then does his subtle body is also in shape of an animal. Good chance of that. <laughs> Those who don't surrender to Krishna, they are actually running the risk of developing an animal body. And consider, nowadays it has become so, you know, the possibility is so acute of that, you know, getting an animal body. Like, so many people are just keeping dogs at home. They develop their attachment to their dogs so much. So at the time of death, you're most attached. You're, the last thought will be where your greatest attachment is. So if one develops his greatest attachment to a dog, you know, he is just paving his way to paving his way to the dog's kingdom. Therefore, one should be very careful. Chandrakanta Das, where is Chandrakanta? Chandrakanta is from Indore. He is from class eleven, right? Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, Pranam. If we get the permission. No, punishment of our bad karmas in several births. So why there is a need of hell? The punishment takes place in the hell. Okay. The hell is there to give you the punishment, not you. <laughs> give, the, give the sinful people punishment. <clears throat> Jagat Jagat Snan Das, whose question is this? Who gave one of the last questions? Jagat something? Oh, Jagat Jivan. Okay, okay. Your I and V is looking like N. What is the effect of time, place and circumstances as Ekadasi, Janmashtami, different pastimes of 
different position of sun, at time of leaving body, by non-devotee or general people. You see, generally, according to one's own karma, one will leave his body also. So when he leaves his body, has its impression. Sunil Mohan, Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, a new movie is being uh, distributed called X-Man, Apocalypse, in which the chief antagonist is the evil demon of uh, Apocalypse is portrayed to be Lord Krishna, the demon the movie takes, states, I have been called many, men, I have been called many things over many lifetimes, uh, Ram, Krishna, etc. How do we view the onslaught our anyway when Ravan makes a film what do you expect when Ravan's followers just consider uh, Ravan's followers are making a movie how will they portray it who will be the protagonist there and who will be the antagonist so there is no surprise only thing we know they are Ravan's followers ok